Are you ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again? It's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. I was scrolling through Instagram the other day and I saw a meme that I loved. It said, empowered women empower women. Empowered women empower women. And I thought, well, fuck yeah, that makes so much sense to me. But it really got me thinking about the question, what does it mean to be empowered? Which really means it got me thinking about the question, what is power? And that's what we're going to talk about today on the Purpose Girl podcast. So I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about the word power. In fact, if you are not driving, if you're in a place where you can just exhale and breathe for a moment and really take in the word power. What does power mean to you? When you hear the word power, where do you feel it in your body? What synonyms do you think of? What people do you think of? Who do you think of? I've asked this question of clients before and typically when we talk about power, just the word power tends to almost create some quote unquote negative feelings, right? Maybe some anxiety or it creates a vision of like a distorted, angry man, you know, maybe even a Hitler kind of a, of a picture or someone who's in government and has power over other people. And I don't know about you, but that is not a power that I aspire to. It's not a power I enjoy. And so if empowered women empower women, then are we talking about having power over each other? I don't think so. There's enough of that already. In fact, so often I go into companies when I do keynotes and I do workshops and I am asked constantly about women supporting women because how often are women getting into fights with each other? Are women blocking each other from rising higher? We don't need to do that to each other. There are plenty of people who want to do that to us and who really aren't even thinking about us because they're just on their own career trajectory. So we need a whole new definition of power, a whole new definition of power. Rather than power over, we need to think about power within ourselves. Power within ourselves, right? Kind of the old vision of power, the old definition was based on like an aggression. I have to show you my dominance I have to make you feel weak. I have to show you that you're incompetent. I have to make you feel like you can't achieve for me to feel powerful. And what that is really about is it's about fear. It's about guilt. It's about, you know, kind of trying to ensue anger. And I do not want to get into politics on the Purpose Girl podcast. But we see a lot of that. We see fear mongering everywhere. 
that in order for one party to have power, we have to make the other party feel bad. In order for one person to win the election, they have to make the other person feel less than. Is that really power? To me, that seems more like weakness. That if someone is not strong enough in themselves, then they need to put the other person down. If a whole group is not strong enough in their own values, they need to put another group down. Why can't it be that the religion of the purple polka dot people is awesome and wonderful and has value, and the religion of the pink pinstripes also is awesome and wonderful and has value? Can you imagine a world if we redefined power? The question is, what would we define it as? And how can we use a new definition to stand in our own power? Isn't that what we really want? Don't you want to ask for, dare I say, demand eloquently, femininely, beautifully demand a promotion and a raise? Don't you want to command the attention of other people, not because you are fear-mongering, but because you exude an essence of delight and of inspiration, of being mystical and being magical and being inspiring and exuberant and yourself, right? We need a different kind of power. And when you're in the kind of power I'm suggesting, a power that is based in strength and confidence and competence, oh my goodness, woman, you are then like, holy cow, on fire. I was working with a coaching client a couple of years ago, and I asked her, how do you want to show up in the world? I know today you aren't feeling good. You're feeling, you know, all these different things. And she told me about how she is so easily taking out her temper on her kids, how she is so much being small at work and, and not putting forth, or she gets, she feels like she becomes an angry bitch at work, right? So she cannot find that middle ground. She's describing to me all the things that she does not want. And I said, got it. And so now let's look a year out. How do you want to show up in the world? What's your vision for who you are? Like really who you are. Not changing who you are, but being your best self, being your true self. And she described to me a neighbor who lives across the street, who is a woman who's probably in her 50s or 60s. She's very elegant. She doesn't speak loudly. But when she speaks, she commands attention from others. People are drawn to her she makes people laugh. She comments on the sunshine and the beautiful flowers. She has opinions, but she doesn't force them on other people. She simply shares her own vision. And she's describing this woman to me and this kind of elegant, quiet power. Not quiet in that the woman doesn't speak, but quiet in that she doesn't need to yell over other people to make her opinion heard. She simply exudes it. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of power I want as well. And so in thinking about empowered women, empower women, 
what that means is that women who feel confident in themselves, women who know their own strengths, know their own value, and relish in it, share their vision for life, exude their values, stand in their competence, not against anyone, but just as themselves. Those women, of course, are going to empower other women. They're going to want other women also standing in their strength and their confidence and their competence. Because then we are all collectively coming together and raising each other higher. But this is a whole new way for us, not just for women, but for men too, in our culture. We live in a culture of competition. And competition is not all bad, right? You know, some of the newer movements have said everybody gets a prize, right? It doesn't matter who wins the race. Everyone gets a prize. And I actually don't think it matters who wins the race. One of the reasons I love running is because it's a personal best. Right? All I'm trying to do is run the next 5K faster than the one I did before. Or if I don't feel good that week, I'm simply trying to get out there and do it. But there is some value in competition when it's healthy, when it's friendly. And I think the Olympics, for the most part, are a really beautiful example of this. When I was watching the Winter Olympics a few months ago, I remember watching the snowboarders come down. And you could tell that these guys were the best of friends, even though they were from different countries. They all knew each other. They have competed against each other. They have probably showcased together. And they were, of course, horribly individually disappointed when someone's score beat theirs. And they were hugging. They were cheering each other on, supporting each other. Empowered people empower other people. And so I got thinking about this idea of power and what might it be if we redefined it. And believe me, no one's going to redefine it for us because there are a lot of groups and companies and individuals at play that are benefiting from the competitive, aggressive, angry, fearful power. There are politicians all over. I'm not saying any one political party. There are politicians all over the United States, all over Canada, all over the world that are benefiting from a more negative, fear-based, fear-mongering, make other people wrong, exploitive kind of power. And so it's not like tomorrow our government is going to come forward and say, Let's have a whole new sense of power. It's probably not going to be your boss. If your boss is not this kind of person, it comes to us, right? there, And it's not going to be any sort of, we've talked about this before on the podcast, any sort of woman that comes and saves you or any sort of man that comes and saves you. This is all of us doing it together. This is what I loved about this meme, empowered women empower women. And listen, I am not perfect at this, right? Not at all. It is so human to be jealous. It is so human to want to be better than someone else. It is so human to want to win. And if we think about why that is, we can go back thousands of years in evolution when there was minimal food supply. One family, if one family ate well, 
the next family probably didn't have enough to eat. We can think about even when it was humans versus dinosaurs. If the dinosaurs won, they would have eaten us. So we needed that sense of competition. We needed that sense of, you know, me versus you. It is human. It is natural. God, jealousy and comparing ourselves to other people is, it, it's endemic. It is like a disease that runs rampant throughout social media, runs rampant throughout our communities, runs rampant in the pickup line at school for carpool, runs rampant in the boardroom, runs rampant in our veins. And I do it too. Recently, I got an email from a woman who I respect so much. Like a woman that I would love to collaborate with, who is someone who I have just looked up to and she sent me an email that she wants to be on my podcast. Like that is such a huge compliment. That's amazing. And that teeny tiny voice inside of me that is afraid, a teeny tiny voice that is much younger. She suddenly had a moment of jealousy. If I have her on my podcast, will all of you listeners like her more? Now I could have felt horrible about my jealousy. I could beat myself up. I could just ignore the email that she sent me, but no, right? And I could then get really rude to her. No. Jealousy, competition is human. And we don't have to let it win. What jealousy tells us is a desire. It is simply a note of admiration or of inspiration that I can be jealous of this woman and her accomplishments and I can either let that turn into some sort of ugly power play where I feel like she has power over me or I have power over her or or I can turn it into inspiration, into aspiration for collaboration into learning and that's real power because now it's about me and my desires and my values and my desire to inspire and not at all about anything ugly and fear-based and it's human. I had a client who was so envious of a colleague of hers who kept getting promoted. She was so envious and her envy actually made her so angry. She was furious with the company. She was furious with her managers. She was just so bitter. Anger is not even the word. She was bitter. And because she was bitter, do you think people wanted to be around her? No. It was it like exuded from her. So of course she wasn't getting more promotions because she was walking around angry at the company. She was walking around bitter and resentful. So it doesn't even, it doesn't help us when we go into the negative power place. Fortunately, as she and I worked through it and we got to the heart of what she was really jealous about this woman over, she was jealous at this woman's charismatic ability to make connections, her charismatic ability to get the raise, her ability to be with other people and have other people want her. And so we started looking at what can you learn from that? Who is it that you really are deep inside? Because my love, when the bitter 
jealous person comes out, like came out in me with this email, that's not my true self. That's a younger me. That's a little girl, Karen, who maybe is 10 or 11 when she didn't get picked for the lead in the choir. Of course she didn't get picked for the lead in the choir. I'm a terrible singer, terrible. You might listen to me sometimes on Instagram. I just belt out songs when I'm in the car and I'm a horrible singer, but I have fun. So the little girl in me who is still inside of me, you've heard me say before, I will say it again. We are every age we have ever been. And so the little girl in me is the one who felt an, a bitter kind of a jealousy. She doesn't need to be yelled at and she doesn't need to run the show. Rather, she just needs to be listened to to the point where I can ask her, what do you need? And if I go deep inside of that part of me, the youngest part of me, what do I need? I need acknowledgement for my work. I need connection with others. I need inspiration. I need collaboration to do the best work I can possibly do. And so once you hear that answer from your youngest self, it's like, okay, I can, I can do this. We can do this. I can give you what you need. And we can then turn any jealousy or competition into inspiration and collaboration. And that is true power. That is true power. In an article on Psychology Today, Dr. Robert Firestone talks about something he calls personal power. And I love this because he says that personal power is based on strength, confidence, and competence that we gradually acquire over the course of our lives. It's like a natural and healthy striving for meaning in your life, for love in your life. And this kind of personal power, right, is realizing our true self. And that's the primary aim, right? Power that is mastery of the self, me being my best self, you being your best self, my client being her best self, not being a master over other people. And in this way, then personal power, he says, is more of an attitude or a state of mind than an attempt to maneuver or control others. I love that. Personal power is more an attitude or a state of mind than an attempt to maneuver or control others. I love that. It's the attitude we have. It's the state of mind we have that we believe in ourselves. And that's really what it comes down to. So my client who was becoming bitter at work and therefore, of course, was not connecting with people well, was not attracting in more promotions, was not being asked to participate in more responsibilities, of course. And she was acting like she didn't even want to be there. When we looked at what she was really desiring there, how she could use this jealousy as inspiration and really look to this woman as inspiration for how she wants to show up at work. The truth is that her bitter state of mind was not her truth. Her bitter state of mind was fear. It was her youngest self. 
It was the part of our brain. We all have several parts of our brain. And the oldest part of our brain is also called a reptilian brain. It's the part of your brain that's about survival. It's the part of your brain that's just about, you know, fear and flight and food. You know, can it survive? And it's called reptilian brain because reptiles have it too. And that part of your brain acts first. It's why the second you get angry, you can't rationally think through, should I be angry at this? Is this really worth it? You just get angry. Fortunately, we do have a higher human mind. This is the prefrontal cortex. This is what makes our brain so big. You can touch your forehead. There is your human brain. Your human brain knows better. Your human brain is able to step back and say, huh, should I be bitter about this or should I learn from this? What can I learn from this? Your human brain, if your wife leaves her socks on the floor, your reptilian brain might say, I've told her a million times. Your human brain can step back and can breathe and then can question, is there something deeper here? Is this a sign that she doesn't respect me? Or what else is going on here and can have a conversation? And so personal power that he talks about is in your human brain. It's in that higher part of ourselves. And we each can access that part of ourselves and come to the table from that sense of power. So when I talk about becoming the woman you were born to be, I'm not talking about becoming someone else. I'm not talking about becoming the woman that you're jealous of at work. I'm not talking about becoming the woman across the street. I'm not talking about me becoming the woman who sent me an email. What I'm talking about here is realizing that that fear, that passive aggressive nature, that anger, that guilt, that is actually coming from a younger self. A younger self that wasn't as matured, that our brains don't develop until we're 21, 22, 23, depends on which neuroscientist you ask. So that younger self stays a part of you and becomes passive aggressive, becomes afraid, becomes bitter, becomes jealous because she's just trying to help you survive. But our best self can reason with her. Our best self, we can take deep breaths. We can love the younger part of us. We can tell her it's okay, it's human to be jealous or be bitter. And then we can use our higher brain to say, and what else is true? And what does this show me about my desires? And what is true of my own power? What would the confident response be to this? What is my own strength here? How do I want to show up? Because in this article that I've been quoting, what Dr. Firestone says is that our personal power is based on our own competence, our vision, our positive personal qualities, and our service. So. The best thing we can do if we want to be empowered women who empower other women is to become women who stand in our personal power. And the way we do that is we get clear on our own competence, our own strengths. So I want to ask you right now, what is best about you? What are three things that are totally awesome about you? And unfortunately, this is a really difficult question for a lot of women that I meet to answer. 
I was giving a talk at Ernst & Young and specifically with a group of women, probably a hundred women, and I asked them, write down one thing that is great about you. And they had a really hard time, many of them. And so I showed them a list. Here's 24 possible strengths. Which one seems most like you? And it still was difficult. And so we got into a conversation about why this is difficult. And it's because we have been praised. We have been praised for taking care of other people. We have been taught that having a sense of ourselves, that knowing what is good about us is arrogance. Well, my love, there is nothing arrogant in standing in your personal power. Because again, it's not power over. You're not saying that you're charismatic and therefore I suck. You're simply saying you're charismatic. And we can have a whole community. We can create a worldwide movement. This is what I've been talking about. A worldwide movement, positive psychology for women, the science of women's happiness, where we have a million women. Screw that. We've got 20 million women. We have 200 million women. And each one of us can have our own strengths and know that we complement each other. And that's freaking amazing. So if this is difficult for you to know what your strengths are, go ask a friend. What's one thing you love about me? Go ask a trusted colleague who you know really appreciates you. What do I do well? Stand in your own competence. You also have your personal power by your own vision. What it is that you truly desire, what it is that you are here for, your purpose. We've talked about this before, and if you don't know your purpose, it's time to get going on it. You can go to my website, PurposeGirl.com, and download a free Living on Purpose guide. Or talk with your friends about your vision for your life. Connect with a coach, me or someone else. Get clear on your own vision for life. Your own vision for service. Because ultimately, we are here to contribute to something larger than ourselves. And that is what fulfills us. And yes, taking care of our kids is something larger than ourselves. Yes, supporting our colleagues is something larger than ourselves. Unfortunately, so often, we're not doing it in alignment with our heart and our soul and our true strengths. We're doing it out of guilt. We're doing it out of resentment. We're doing it because someone said we should. So personal power is that attitude or state of mind of your own vision, your own competence, really looking back at your life and saying, when have I been really proud to be me? And then finding the themes and being that more often. So based on this definition, where have you given up your power? Who have you given it away to? Have you given your power away to the media industry that says that you're only beautiful if your thighs look a certain way or your hair is a certain color? Have you given your power away to your partner who you let make all of the decisions, even the ones that are really important to you, you just never seem to speak your voice? Have you given your power away to your job where you've decided that you are helpless in promoting yourself, in advocating for yourself? Have you decided that you are powerless, you've given up your power to your children and you let them run around and it's completely taken over your life in a way that is not healthy? 
Where have you given your power away to and who have you given it to? One of my friends and colleagues and mentors, Christina Rilo, calls this a power leak. I like to think of it as a pool of power that we were all born with. Think about it, when you were little, you had tons of power. When you were angry, you screamed. When you were sad, you cried. When you wanted attention, you threw a temper tantrum. When you wanted another kind of attention, you danced and danced. A friend of mine was just telling me that she was leading an online class the other day, and one of her students' daughters, who's like three years old, was saying, mommy, turn the camera to me. I want them to look at me. I want them to look at me. There is a girl fully in her power. So we were all born with this big pool of water, and likely there has been a slow leak over time. Because perhaps there were people who had the negative, aggressive kind of power and you gave it to them, or there was brainwashing or manipulating or pain around something having to do with your body and the first love or the first person that you liked. And so you gave them your power. Where have you given your power? It's time to take it back. I gave away part of my power for 26 years. My very first love in high school abused me, physically abused me. And my only way out was to run away to college and never be in touch again. In fact, I didn't want to be in touch with anyone from my high school world at all because I just wanted to start over. So I tried to block the whole situation out of my mind. But in reality, it was always there. And I found myself later in life, I reconnected with her and she apologized and she said, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And I did, I forgave her. And then I found myself to a teeny part of me, still feeling like maybe I did something wrong to deserve that. My brain, my rational brain knew I did nothing to deserve being hit, but my emotional brain in some ways was still tied to her. Parts of me still glorified our relationship, only remembered the good. And there is a beauty in that. And there is a danger because I actually gave away my power where I had wanted to talk about this story. I want to share this with more young people so that they don't get into this situation. I wanna share this with more women and men who have been abused so that we can all come together and say, me too, we deserve better, we won't stand for this. But I was so afraid that she would be hurt that I would never talk about it. And so I wanna do this in a respectful way I realized I was giving away my power. I was letting someone else determine what I did. And that is a power leak. And we all need to take our power back. It doesn't mean that we're just bullish and just say, well, F you and F you and right there are plenty of people who do that. There's a book right now, I think it's called something like The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. So there is something to that. And we live in a society where we do give a fuck. We have relationships with in-laws and with parents and with siblings and with children. But that doesn't mean that we give our power away. Remember, 
Giving your power away means that you become small. You submit. You look at someone else and you say, well, they're more important than me, so I will stay small. Right? Maybe you're negotiating a deal and you allow this. This happened to a client of mine recently where she was negotiating a deal with a larger company and therefore didn't negotiate at all because she was so afraid. I'm the little person here. Well, that's giving up her power. Or maybe you give up your power when it comes to dating and you're really in the mood for Mexican, but when your date says, what do you feel like eating? You go, oh, I don't know. I don't care. Because maybe at some point you learned that if you had an opinion, somebody wouldn't love you. So you give away your power. And so what we need to do is we need to look at where are we trying to manipulate and take power and where are we allowing someone else, even if they're not being manipulative, we're simply not standing in our truth. And here is the key with this power. We often want to blame somebody else. We want to blame our husbands or we want to blame our children or we want to blame the boss or blame, mm -mm. no way. We are too mature. We are too kick-ass. We're too badass. We're too awesome. We're too much of a goddess to blame anyone anymore. Rather, this is about radical self-responsibility. It's about looking at why you allow yourself to give the power away. And you saying, mm -mm, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm simply going to say, I feel like Mexican tonight. Or I'm simply going to say, I've worked here for a long time and I'm ready for the next level of responsibility. And I'm not saying any of this is easy, but it is simple. So it's very important that you look at where you're giving your power away and you take it back. And what's interesting is you may find that you have a lot more power than you realize. I was just speaking with a friend of mine and she was talking about how a company has been wanting her to join them. And so of course, it seems to me she has the power, but they were manipulating her in a way where they were saying, how could you not want to join us? You're missing out. You're going to regret this. Like That's being manipulative. And so she felt that they had all the power. And she was getting very anxious and very frustrated. And I pointed out, I said, wait a minute. They want you. You have the power here. Right? They're coming after you, so you stand tall. And then she helped me realize I was doing the same thing within a particular situation where there's someone who I so admire and I respect and they asked me about working together and I realized that every time I'm around this person, I shrink a little. I decide, oh, they are more important than I am. So, okay, whatever they say goes, okay, I won't speak up, oh, right? Maybe you do that too. The thing is, this person recently came to me about wanting to do something together. So she, my friend pointed out to me, you have the power. So we are so much more powerful than we realize. Even in our family lives, you may think you have no power, you're helpless over your children. No, you have the power there. Again, it doesn't have to be power over, but when you stand in your confidence, in your strengths, in your values, in your vision, and you're simply very clear on what's true, you have the power. Right? Especially as women, we don't even realize, I've talked about this recently in an episode, even though if you look at 
politics, it doesn't seem that women have the power. And if you look at university presidents, it doesn't seem that women have the power. And if you look at corporate CEOs, it doesn't seem we have the power. However, women still take care of the majority of the household. Women still take care of the majority of childcare. Women are still the major consumers. So if we each chose to stand in our power, to stand in our strengths, to be confident in who we are, we would have so much freaking power. We could change the whole economy tomorrow if we chose to. And this is why it's so important to take our power back. Not to mention you'll just be so much happier that you did. And we're gonna do it together. There is research out of the University of Michigan, Go Blue, at the Ross School of Business. Uh, Dr. Kim Cameron, he talks about something called an energizer. And you might think of the energizer bunny and that's perfect. And he says, energizers are the people in an organization who energize a group, who energize everyone around them. And he's mapped out different organizations and that you can tell where the energizers are because people are attracted to that individual and want to work with that individual. And that those individuals actually create higher productivity in their group, in their team. What's amazing here is that those are not necessarily always the leaders, right? The people with the title. Energizers could be the person in the mailroom or could be uh, an assistant account executive. But when that person has such confidence in themselves, humility about their own strengths, a striving for meaning in their work, they're adding vision to the group. They are the cheerleader who is telling other people, we can do this, we got it, I believe in you. Those are the people we want to be around. Empowered people empower other people. Our opportunity here is to get clear on our own personal power. I love this. This comes from our identity. This comes from you having such a good sense of your own identity that you don't need to put anyone else down. You simply know that you have a lot to offer and you can't wait to meet up with the other puzzle pieces and create something larger together. And this is a big thing for women. We know one of the reasons that women are more depressed than men is a loss of identity, right? We feel lost to everyone else's needs and everyone else's expectations and the shoulds and the have tos. Our opportunity here is then to reclaim our own power. And it begins not by manipulating others. It begins not by trying to guilt others. It begins not by trying to fear monger others. Sure, those things might produce some short-term success, quote unquote, in getting other people to do what you want them to do. This has been a lifelong lesson for me. Real power does not come from that. Real power comes from you simply standing in your own vision, in your own purpose, your own positive strengths, and knowing that you have something to offer. And when you know that, and you also know that the other 999,999 women also have something to contribute, 
wow, now we can create something extraordinarily powerful that will change the world. It's long been said that one person can change the world and you might be thinking, how can I change the world? I'm just one person. Well, fortunately, what we know is you're one person with a circle of influence. And we know that emotions are contagious. Research shows that emotions have transfer up to three degrees. So we know that you might be one person, one woman, but you have influence on your family, whoever you live with. Or if you don't live with anyone, you have influence on the people at work. If you don't work with anyone, you have influence on the barista at the coffee shop. Power is simply influence. And we influence people not by having power over them. We influence people by being inspiring to them. And so with that, I want to leave you with your purpose power tips. Number one, get clear on your own vision for life. And if you don't know, then now is the time to really start working on it. Now is the time to spend a few minutes in meditation every day and ask yourself one year from today, how do I want to feel? What do I want life to look like 10 years from today? And if you have such a block because of everything going on, then it is time to seek support. Whether that's from friends, it's from a counselor, it's from a coach, it's from a mastermind group. Number two, get clear on your own strengths, what you have to offer, your own competence, what is best about you, and get to a point where you feel so good in that that you exude it, you live it, and you don't have to put other people down. You're simply out sharing your joy, sharing your strengths. And number three, ask yourself every day, how might I empower someone else? Meaning, How might I support someone else in being more confident? How might I support someone else on living their own strengths? How might I support someone else in living their vision? You will find that the more you support other people from a place of love, not from bitter, jealousy, resentment, anger, but a place of love, you will find that you will go so high. It will lift your spirit. It will lift your vibration. It will lift your soul so high, you will be having a ball. I actually make it a point every single day to give a compliment to someone else. Every single day. Now, it's never fake. There is a lot to compliment. It might be on a friend and how wonderful they are for doing you a favor. It might be that I'm in line at the grocery store and the person in front of me has an awesome shirt and I comment on it. There is enough all around us to compliment and empower other people. And that's how we go higher and higher and higher. And that is my end game, my end goal with the Purpose Girl podcast is to do my part in taking us all higher. In fact, I am so passionate about this that I am offering free 30-minute calls with me. If you are someone who you know you are here for standing in your power, you are here for big purpose, and you have not known what to do, go to PurposeGirl.com go to the contact page, send me an email, and tell me why you want the free 30-minute session. Let's do this. And if you're not ready for a phone call yet, then still go to PurposeGirl.com, download your free Living on Purpose guide, and let's get started. 
Another way to get started is sharing this podcast. You know you have friends, moms, sisters, girlfriends, colleagues who you want to empower. A great way to empower them is to send them this podcast and say, let's be in this together. Let's have a daily empowering group. Listen to this podcast and let's set it up. Share the podcast with them. And please, if you love this podcast, rate it, review it, download it, subscribe to it. That's how we're going to get our 999,999 other women involved in this so that we're all standing in our personal power and therefore inspiring and empowering each other. That's the vision. That's what's possible. And can you imagine when we do that? When the world becomes a place of personal power instead of power over? It's going to be incredible. And finally, a really simple way to join this movement of empowered women empowering other people is to follow me on Instagram and Facebook. On Facebook, you can find me Coach Karen Rockind. Hopefully you know how to spell it now, C-A-R-I-N. R-O-C-K-I-N-D, or over on Instagram, Karen Rockine, C-A-R-I-N-R-O-C-K-I-N-D. Let me know what you think. Let me know how you think we can empower each other. And let me know what your strengths are. I love, love, love hearing from you. With that, may you have a beautiful day. May you love yourself. May you live your purpose. And may you love life. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.